Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. I am joined here by my esteemed colleague, Mark Murphy. It's getting down to the final stretch of the Auburn basketball regular season. We now have five games left starting this weekend with the trip to Vanderbilt for this team. Five regular season games left. Auburn currently at 18-8. and eight. Overall, an eight in five in the league, and they just got out of a recent rut of losses. Mark, um, of course, it was just a few days ago they beat uh, they beat Missouri on Tuesday soundly in uh, in what you have called uh, maybe their best performance of the season. And we were talking about that with a couple players today on 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 both ends of the floor. The more I look at this game, um, number one because I can't state it enough. I can't I can't repeat it enough. Missouri was 72 hours removed from hanging 86 points on Tennessee in Knoxville, the best defense in the country. Um, they went in there and did that in a, in a buzzer-beating victory. Um, they scored 30 points less than that at Auburn in an 89-56 win. Auburn got production from up and down its lineup. And, and Mark, you know, what's impressive to me, this has been a team all year long um, that I don't think it gets enough credit for having, you know, veterans and having experience that can really wipe the slate clean. Like they've had all these frustrating games. They've had all these close losses. It doesn't seem to affect them. They come out and they play well in the next game every single time. Um, I thought this was the best example of that. Them coming out, Bruce Pearl said it today. He said, I mean, we didn't really feel any pressure. Yeah, he was putting the pressure on him saying this is the biggest game of the season, but they came out, did what they need to do. And it ended up being a completely dominant performance. Yeah, Nathan, I think you hit on one of the secrets to success of all good teams playing in power leagues like the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big 12, the Pac-12. You're going to have some bumps along the way unless you're just a fabulous team. And, you know, it's good when everything's going well and you're winning games and everybody's patting you on the back. When you start losing a couple of games in a row and you start doubting yourself and others start doubting you, you know, it means a lot to snap out of it with a really good performance. And, uh, yeah, the more I think about it, the more uh, I'm coming to the conclusion. The first half was the best half of basketball Auburn's played. The first half of the first half was about as good as Auburn's played, and, you know, in the Bruce Pearl era. I mean, it, really good on defense. For a while there, I didn't think Auburn was going to give up a single offensive rebound. I mean, they were just like on a mission to, to clean that defensive glass. And, uh did a really good job with that. And, you know, Auburn wasn't real hot coming out shooting, but was just dominating the game because the defense is really good. The rebounding was really good. And Missouri causes a lot of problems for people with their athletic guards, um, quickness. You know, they lead the league in steals. They lead in turnover margin, uh, leading assist to turnover ratio, all those things that are really important in a college basketball game. But, boy, Auburn just took the fight to them on – basically every front in that game and ended up, you know, with the most lopsided victory against an SEC opponent um, in, uh, you know, 10 years. So uh, that was impressive to me. Uh, now things change. They got to go to Nashville to the funky gym up there, Memorial Gymnasium. Looks like something from the 1940s, which it is. It's actually, I think, from the 1930s. It's been remodeled. It's nicer than it used to be, but it's it's an odd place to play basketball. 
I remember they had the SEC tournament there at one time because it got such a big capacity. And uh, the coaches nixed that. They didn't like that at all. Um, so they never went back to that. Of course, they're doing it in Nashville, but not at that same arena. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it. Um, as you know, Nathan, uh, this is a, a Vanderbilt team that's well-coached, and they got coming in with some momentum on four consecutive wins. Yeah, they currently have the longest – that's the longest active winning streak in the SEC um, at the moment because Bama went down. Um, or Bama might not even have had a longer one because they had lost Oklahoma only a few days before that. But, yeah, it's a, it, like you said, it's a, it's a weird place to play. It's a place that wasn't very kind to Auburn for a long time. They lost 10 straight games in that building until a couple years ago or a few years ago. I believe the Final Four team got a win there. Um, and then the the 2020 team, the Sharif Cooper team, um, a couple years ago also beat them in Nashville. And so they were able to break break that stretch a little bit. But yeah, kind of just polishing th- some things off of the um, of the Missouri game. You know, we talk about rebounding on on this show a lot, and Auburn certainly won that won that battle um, against Mizzou. Now Missouri came into the game. I think they were the eighth worst total rebounding team in the country. Um, very bad in that department, and and basically all the players after the game said, look, the message all week was just crash the glass. Just go in as hard as you can and see what happens because they are not going to be able to box you out. Um, Auburn got 23 rebounds from its three centers, if you include uh, Yoan Treor in that in that fold. Both Dylan Cardwell and Janai Broom got 10 rebounds apiece. Um, but, Mark, I, I thought a big thing, too, and you, you mentioned Auburn's defense, um, you know, big factor in, in playing solid defense like that is limiting possessions for the opponent. And, and like you said, not only they won the rebound battle, but they, they were plus nine on the offensive glass as well. And so they were they were taking away those opportunities um, from Missouri. And most of the time they turned those offensive rebounds into, into second chance points. And that's just such a huge key for this team moving forward, because like Dylan Cardwell said today, um, what was the quote? He had a great quote on on the rebounding. Can we find it real, real quick? He said the only teams that can beat us are the teams that can beat us on the board. So rebounding is going to be a huge key for them moving forward. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I thought it was also important too for Auburn, just not for that particular game, but moving forward, they hit nine of 18, three point shots. And uh, Katie Johnson, who's been missing in action all season as a three point shooter, um, went to the uh, uh, practice gym and worked on his shooting arc to, uh, on three point shots. And, you know, I was wondering for a while there, Nathan, if KD needed to go see the ophthalmologist to get an eye check because he was consistently short on on his shots, uh, particularly from the uh, corners and, and the 45-degree angle shots. And, you know, that's a shot he used to hit regularly. And uh, even when he was wide open, I didn't think the shot was going in as soon as he released it. But uh, it was different uh, last night, and uh, it was sort of interesting – Bruce with another KD story talking about, yeah, KD didn't really necessarily believe him that uh, getting on that machine to uh, improve your arc would help his three-point shot. But, you know, Bruce told him, look, uh, Jabari Smith used to use that thing all the time, and it worked for him. And uh, uh, Jabari Smith's shot was at mid-40s from three-point range. And, uh, you know, uh, if Auburn can just get their – three-point shooting up into the mid-30s this season for the rest of the regular season. That would mean a lot. Uh, Auburn's actually coming out of the bottom of the basement in three-point shooting, but still just a tad under 30%, which is not what you'd expect from a Bruce Pearl team, Nathan. 
Yeah, and a couple couple guys in particular are trying to turn that around, I believe, over his last six games now. Um, so Katie Johnson scored five, scored in double figures in five of his last six games, and he was somebody that, you know, they'd, they'd be the first to admit. I mean, he's, he's offensively inconsistent most of this season. I mean, throughout non-conference play in the beginning of SEC play, um, just difficult for him to find his shot, wasn't shooting great percentage. He's 44% from the field over his last six games um, and 32%. From beyond the arc, and uh, he you know, he's he's been a defense a, a great defensive player throughout the season, and I think that's kind of the, the the common factor with every player on this team. They ebb and flow on offense, but everybody's usually um, pretty solid on defense. Another guy you could say that for is Alan Flanagan. Um, I didn't realize it until today, Mark. I was looking at how well he shot the ball um, in SEC play. Same sort of numbers um, for him against their, uh, I believe, what is it now, fourteen, the uh, thirteen SEC games this year. Um, he's 47% from the field in those games um, and 37% from beyond the arc. And so obviously he had that big highlight reel dunk um, that got everybody uh, got everybody off their feet in the arena. I believe Auburn was up 30 to six at that point. So that kind of accentuated a really big start for them. But I, I kind of look forward, you know, these these next few games and going into March, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, you need those those sort of glue guys, those key guys in your rotation that aren't the Wendell Greens, that aren't the, you know, the Janai Brooms. You need those guys to start stepping up. And I think they've got a good opportunity for, you know, Katie Johnson, Alan Flanagan are playing some of their best basketball right now. Dylan Cardwell, since coming back from that illness, is playing really well off the bench. I think right now they've got no opportunity for these guys, especially Alan and KD, to be feeling confident heading into March, which I think could be a really big key because those guys, I think those guys have been a little bit underrated maybe the past the past couple of weeks or so. You know, another thing Allen is doing better in SEC play, Nathan, he's rebounding better. He's up to 18th in SEC play in rebounds, and he's basically playing a small forward, big guard position. And uh, I think he's also defending better. Uh, Zepp's always defended well um, against Missouri. Zepp hit a couple threes, combined his point production with KD's from that two-guard spot, which has been really uh, a big issue Uh for Auburn in a lot of games they've lost. They just haven't gotten enough scoring from the scoring guard position with that tag team duo there, and uh, it really changed. And a little shout-out to Trey Donaldson, too. I mean, he came in there and handled the Missouri full-court pressure with no problem whatsoever, allowed Wendell to stay fresh. Then Wendell goes out and has a game, nine assists, zero turnovers. And Wendell's moving up, and a lot of the SEC statistical categories that have to do with ball handling. Yeah. Flanagan has a, I mean, you just, the eye test for him with rebounding. I mean, he's, he's obviously Auburn's most athletic player. He skies in the air like 10 feet every time he goes up for a rebound. If the next game against Vanderbilt on Saturday, if y'all just, y'all just watch him every time he goes up um, for a rebound, he out jumps everybody on the, uh, on the floor. Yeah. It's a good point about um, Wendell's Wendell's game. Didn't mention him, but only five points in this when he gets them all from the free throw line. Um, but it was sort of the offensive game Auburn wants because they get, like Bruce always says, they're better when they're when they've got strength in numbers. Um, he didn't have to do a lot scoring the ball, um, but nine assists. He was the first Auburn player since Jared Harper back in 2019 to have nine assists and zero turnovers in a game. Um, I believe Jared Harper did that against Mississippi State. So um, big game there for Wendell without having to score the basketball. Uh, you mentioned it there a little bit, Mark, that you know we're talking so much about. You know, oh, this guy's been playing well recently. Oh, Auburn's, you know, shot the ball better in this regard. You know, they're limiting turnovers. Um, but they just, it's its crazy. You know, they just came out of a, a string of five losses in six games. 
But we talked about it with Bruce Pearl today. Um, he said, you know, losses or, or wins, wins and losses is obviously the most important part. Um, but margins matter too. And that's something as, you know, talk about the NCAA tournament a little bit here, Mark. Um, Auburn has stayed pretty much right around the the top 30 of the net ratings all season long because they haven't really had that many bad losses. I think a, maybe a 12-point loss to Georgia is your worst loss of the season so far. And even that one is not necessarily egregious. They're 26th in the net right now, which, you know, if, if they're projected as like a 7-8 seed in the moment, that's a really good spot. Um, for them. And you look at these last few games, Mark, and you and I were talking about this today, the importance of this Vanderbilt game. To me, at least, I'm not saying this is their ticket to the tournament, but if they win on Saturday, they I, I'm, let's just assume they'll beat Ole Miss. I mean, that's the maybe the worst team in the conference coming to your home floor. Your last three games are, are Kentucky, Alabama, and Tennessee. And as we've seen, if Armour can compete in those games, they're not really going to get faulted that much so i i wonder mark i wonder if they can go on a quick three-game winning streak here 10 and 8 in the league i wonder if that's not good enough to get them in the tournament it seems like maybe it will be yeah it, I, it's a real possibility i think nathan particularly if they have a good showing in the sec tournament and, and at least win a game there and look good doing that you know i'm going back to uh, the midway point of the season bruce pearl's analogy auburn was seven and two and he says now we're going to the back nine so that back nine <laughs> is full of bogey holes, double bogey holes. As long as they keep it par or bogey, they're going to be fine on the net. You have a triple bogey, a quadruple bogey, like I would say Missouri had a quintuple bogey on Tuesday night at Auburn. <laughs> that was a kicker, kick to their uh, uh, chances of making the NCAA tournament. I still think Missouri's got a great chance to be in and deserves to be, but uh, yeah, but so your point is right. Uh, the good thing about playing in a power five league is, you know, if you get off and, you, and you're not winning all your games and you're playing competitive against these really highly rated teams in net, um, it's not going to ding you all that much. And and right now we're seeing a prime example of that, Nathan. Yeah, Auburn. Yeah, that's that's exactly the word I was about to say. Auburn has been a prime example um, of of that thought process this season. You see it so much in the Big 12. Right now, I mean, you've got teams that that are going to finish like a couple games below 500 that are like tournament, you know, not maybe not tournament lock. I don't think West Virginia is a tournament lock, um, but they're not going to finish at 500 in the league in, in the Big 12. And most people are saying they're in the tournament. Um, and I believe it was a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, whenever the back nine that you just wrote, whenever that started, Auburn had the toughest remaining strength schedule in the country outside of the Big 12. They were number 11 because the Big 12 has 10 teams and all big all 10 Big 12 teams were in front of them. Um, but basically they're playing the rest of their season from that point was a schedule like the big 12 has where they're going against like a net top 30 team, every single, every single game. And so, um, you know, those six losses right now, they're two and six in, in, in quad one, um, those six losses mark are by a combined 31 points. That's 5.2, um, points per, per margin of defeat in quad one. That's really not going to ding you that much. Like you said, that that's just not that, uh, it's not necessarily that detrimental. Now, I will say, as we look now at, at maybe the Vanderbilt game, um, and Bruce Pearl said it today, we're probably going to find ourselves in a close game here toward the end. Like we mentioned, Vanderbilt on a four-game winning streak. Um, Liam Robbins, the, the big man you wrote about today, is playing as good as anybody in the SEC at the moment. It's a confident team with a really good coach that everybody respects. That's going to be a tough game. Auburn has to be able to close out one of these games at some point because that's where the frustration came from that we were talking about before. It's not only that they were in these games close, they had they've had opportunities after opportunities to win these games. 
Um, we we're talking about before we started the women's basketball team tonight against Texas A&M had a had a great closing few minutes. Auburn needs something like that. Um, we'll see if they'll need it against Vanderbilt. Maybe they'll play well enough to to win this one going away. I I think it's going to be close though. And like you and like we talked about before, those final three games that are all quad one games, talking about Kentucky, Alabama, and Tennessee at the end of the year, you're probably in if you win these these next two games. But you're going to be even more comfortable if you can jump up and and snag one of those. And so that they've. You know, I, I just I hesitate to think that they're going to go this entire season without getting one of those games to to fall their way, whether it's Saturday, or whether it's one of those last three games. I guess we'll see. I think they're going to have to play well uh, to get that game tight to them because, you know, Vandy is really playing with a lot of confidence now. And that impressed me. They beat Tennessee up there when Tennessee was playing extremely well and uh how they did it, it was amazing. It took a lot of confidence and a lot of good execution to pull that game out with the last-minute shot, winning it with one-tenth of a second left on the three-pointer from the corner. And Because uh, I thought Vandy was toast. It looked like there was no way they were coming back in the last minute. But Stackhouse is an excellent ex-nose coach, and um, I think Auburn players and coaches understand that. And they play a lot of guys. Uh, and a lot of those guys, you know, probably not a lot of all SEC type guys on there, but a lot of really good players and guys with the potential to step up and have a big scoring game. So uh, uh, it's, it's going to be important that, that Auburn hangs with them on the boards and keeps the turnovers to a minimum. When Auburn, you know, wins that turnover battle this season, they've been pretty good. And uh, Vandy's a team that, that uh, doesn't make a lot of mistakes you know, with the ball handling. So, uh, and, and occasionally they have some really off games in that area and they, they don't compete when that happens. So uh, how well Auburn's guards play and get after the Vandy's guards is certainly going to be something to watch. And uh, another good big man battle in the SEC. I mean, there's a lot of good big men this year. Another one coming up uh, before long when Auburn goes up to Kentucky and plays Oscar Shibway, who uh, – the number one rebounder in the league, Janai Brooms, the number two rebounder in the league. And boy, it was sad to see Colin Castleton get hurt um, this week, um, broken bone in his hand. Uh, he was playing really well. Mississippi State's big guys playing well. LSU's got one of the best big men in the league. So there's a lot of really uh, talented big guys in the SEC this year. So it's going to be interesting to see um, if those guys get to the NCAA tournament and and what they do against uh, teams from other parts of the country. Yeah, I wonder if Robbins is one of these guys. You remember that uh, I'm talking about Castleton, which, yeah, that that sucks. Um, just a, such a fun player. Um, and somebody that Auburn fans, they they can only respect at this point. They might not like him very much, but he he plays them tough every time he's faced Auburn. Uh, yeah, I got a broken hand a couple of days ago. Um, you remember after they played Castleton, uh, Broom said you know he had, he had some games circled, some matchups circled this year. Got to think maybe Liam Robbins is one of them. Obviously, Oscar Shibway is is probably one as well when they go up to Kentucky. So a couple really important matchups there down low for them in the next uh, the next couple games. You mentioned the turnovers too, Mark. You know, fifteen turnovers for Auburn against Missouri. Like you talked about earlier, that they, they like to speed you up. They like to turn you over. They're pretty much an all or nothing defense. If they don't get the turnovers, the defense ain't gonna be that good. Um, Auburn hasn't had more than fifteen turnovers in a game since that just egregious performance at home against Mississippi State. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about their opportunities in all these close games. 
a big reason why, like you said, you know, winning the turnover battle and then also just keeping the turnovers to a minimum. That's a big reason why they've had opportunities um, because there's a couple weeks there in non-conference play where things were getting a little rough in terms of ball security, uh, but they've really shored up on that. I believe they're fourth in the league in, in taking care of the ball, um, limited turnovers per game. So that'll be a big key moving forward as well. Like Mark said, it'll be a weird game on Saturday. Um, that'll be six. I believe it's a six thirty central tip. Um, yeah, seven thirty, I believe. Seven thirty central. So yeah, we're going even later in uh, in Nashville. Bruce said today he might uh, he might have to start coaching from uh, <laughs> from a little bit farther away at practice just to get used to how weird communication is going to be in that building. It's like coaching a football game from behind the end zone. Yeah, I he like said, that. Yeah, that was great. That was great. And then he said, yeah, you know, here at Auburn, I have to I have to equate everything to a football reference. That way people will understand it. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I think Auburn's yeah. fans are very up to speed on basketball. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have been for many years. There's just a lot more of them now interested in the sport, very passionate. And there'll probably be a bunch of them up there in Nashville at Memorial Gym. Uh, Auburn always draws well uh, in Nashville, whether it's basketball or, or football. And I think it's going to be the case Saturday night. What was the? What did we get told today? They're they're lighting up the bridge, orange and blue. That's right. One of the main bridges in Nashville is going to get the orange and blue treatment. I'm sure Vanderbilt can't be real thrilled about I, that. So their mayor is a their their mayor is a or no the mayor not the governor correct governor governor Bill Tennessee. Lee. Yeah, he's a he's an Auburn grad. So, you know, and like you said, there'll be a lot of people there. The Nashville Auburn Club is one of their biggest alumni clubs. But, yeah, like you just said, when we were told that, we were like, uh, <laughs> they already have an SEC school in that city. So like, <laughs> they, they may not be too happy about, uh, about They're that. They're the number two um, SEC school uh, in their city behind the Tennessee Volunteers. Mm, yep. the fan favorite in Nashville. <laughs> oh, man. So hopefully it's a good environment um, on Saturday. I'm, I'm sure it will be a lot of Auburn fans there. And, and like we just talked about um, – huge game if Auburn can get this one we feel pretty uh, feeling pretty confident about their chances uh to go dancing once again and so uh thank you guys so much for listening today I think we'll uh we'll go ahead and call it there on, on a little basketball review for the week thanks so much to Mark for being on the podcast today as well if you guys liked it uh please go leave us a five-star review the bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai you guys can follow him on Twitter SoundCloud and Instagram and until the next episode we'll catch y'all later everybody have a great weekend enjoy the game we'll talk to y'all soon Thank you.